Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. Shep Hyken here on another episode of Amazing Business Radio. Very excited today because... We have from all the way on the other side of the world, well, maybe not quite the complete other side, but how about this? All the way from Hamburg, Germany, originally from Bulgaria, we have Peter Ivanov, and we are going to be talking about a concept called Virtual Power Teams. And it's also the title of his latest book, Virtual Power Teams, How to Deliver Projects Faster, Reduce Costs, and Develop the Organization for the Future. Now, it's all going to tie into the whole concept of how to be amazing and deliver an amazing customer experience. Uh, Peter, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Hi, Shep. It's an honor to be with you and your listeners, so I'm really looking forward to this interview. Well, we have a lot to talk about, and uh, just prior to the show, we were reminiscing about how we first met in San Diego, which is a far far uh, distance from Hamburg, but then uh, not too long after that, I was over in Germany when we reconnected again, uh, and uh, boy, that was a fun time. I believe it was, I think I was in Cologne, is that right? Or Cologne, that's how yes. I say it, Cologne. And, Cologne, yes, and, that's right. And uh, where, where was Beethoven born? That Was it in Cologne? Or... Um, I'm not sure on that. Yeah. Bulgarian. I think Beethoven is, I think, Dutch, but he lived in Germany, but could be, could yeah. be. Or at least that's, <laughs> that's, where that. he, that's where he, I remember seeing, this is where Beethoven lived. This is really cool. Hey, we're not here to talk that's about true. Beethoven. We're here to talk about the amazing things we can do with customer service and experience. And when I was connected with you um, just recently, the new book, Virtual Power Team, that intrigued me. Let's start there. What is a virtual power team? Well, uh, a virtual power team is not just a group of individuals which uh, happen to be in different locations. Virtual means that they don't sit in one office. They cannot see um, each other whenever they like and face-to-face, but they are in different locations. And a virtual, so this is a virtual team by definition. I'm not sure if you know, but according to Forrester Research, in the current global business environment, how much do you think are the virtual teams? What would be your guess? More than one location, including home office workers and so on. Uh, and, well, see, when you add home office, and in the world of customer service, virtual teams, there are quite a few because a lot of people do work mm-hmm. from satellite offices or even their homes. Um, Mm-hmm. Boy, I'm not going to even hazard a guess because I would probably be wrong and embarrass myself. Okay, okay. <laughs> so it is. <laughs> that's a good way to. <laughs> How's that? It that's is, like a good uh, politician, you know. <laughs> yes. So Forrester Research says 81 percent, and this is a three years old study. Perhaps it put a bit more since then. So and I want to make sure. 81 of them are in 81 percent. 81 percent of people are in virtual offices, not in the headquarters? No, not that. I mean, this is probably a bit less, but work in a virtual team. So in the corporate world, in your scenario, customer service, if you have, uh, you know, a call center in whatever in San Diego and head office in New York, they still, this team is, um, you know, the people that the person that manages this team, it's a virtual team. Mm-hmm. So we don't just count the people in the co-location offices, which seems to be mushrooming nowadays. We're talking about the big corporate having, you know, multiple offices and uh, presence in different countries. 
We're talking about mid-sized companies having production in China, for example, and then they trade in one country like Germany, or scale up some of my, you know, recent customers where, you know, they have uh, normally digital companies, IT companies, starting from somewhere like Hamburg, Germany, but already having an um, office in New York and Silicon Valley. So all this would count, small, medium, and big, having a presence in different locations. And this is the definition of virtual team so far. A virtual power team is a team which have a strong gravity. I compare a virtual team uh, with the atom. The atom when you have a nucleus, and then you have a various particles flying yeah. around. So in a virtual team, we aim to retain the gravity despite the distance. The gravity between the individual team members, the particles, to the to the nucleus. But nucleus in this case is not the manager of the team or the team leader. This is the purpose of the team. So uh, a group of people which is strongly bound with a strong gravity to a purpose is a virtual power team. And there is, you know, I have a method, um, a system uh, comprising the 10 big rocks, the 10 success factors for exactly retaining the gravity despite the distance, despite the cultures, and unleashing the team power. Wow, wow. So even uh, even a small company like mine, we've got a guy in yes. Mobile, Alabama. If he's lucky, yes. he gets here maybe once a year, but we talk to him often, we email often, we have our Monday morning meetings, he always calls in. He's part of a, he's a virtual team in effect. We are a virtual team. Yes. Because he's uh Correct. He's got it, got it. And in the world of customer service and support, that's obvious because so many people work from home. You know, not long ago yeah. I called uh, I was I'm I'm doing some work with a small company. I'm not going to tell you their their name, but their initials are IBM. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but no, great company. Right. And I'm doing a project with them, and they said, hey, we want you to use our travel agent, which is an American Express travel agency. And so I called, and I'm talking to this wonderful, wonderful person on the phone, and she says, made, made a comment, you know, with all the bad weather, I've, I've been, uh, been here uh, stuck behind my computer from, like, early in the morning, and I'll probably work till midnight tonight. Um, and I don't know how she made me realize that she's working from home. And apparently uh, a number of the travel agents, even though they are under this banner brand of American Express, when I think of American Express, I think of an office with travel agents in it. No, she's working from home, and she's delivering an amazing level of service, and if I didn't get her, I would have been routed to somebody else on another, uh, you know, throughout their technologically great phone system that allows that to happen and at the end of the day for a service like that it makes perfect sense that people can work from anywhere they want and still be part of a great team yes absolutely i think in the customer service industry that would be far beyond 81 percent probably close to 200 where you have at least one or two members which are a virtual being a home office or a satellite location so that's right and you as a speaker or small companies, you know, um, they also have, If you know, you normally have a graphic designer, you have a PR person, you have somebody work with your videos, maybe one person incorporating a couple of roles. But yes, even very small entrepreneurs, they also operate, operate and run their virtual team. And uh, the principles uh, which are for uniting people despite the distance are the same. Right. And I think that in the world of customer service, it's not even just about one or two people being away from the main support center. In some cases, uh, 
it's the majority of people are not in the corporate offices or the big support center. They're out there supporting from wherever they are, and I think that's becoming more and more common, and the technology is allowing that to happen yes. because with – uh, exactly. Yeah, we, I mean, it, you can track workforce performance and, you know, how much time somebody's spending in front of their computer doing what they're supposed to be doing very easily today. So you're able, yeah. you're able to monitor yeah. it and measure it, and it makes sense that people are more comfortable when that can happen. Um, I think that's one of the benefits, actually, for, um, you know, there are three main groups that benefit from a virtual power team. If you're able to establish this strong gravity and strong team spirit, mm-hmm. um, three people would benefit. The first one, as you mentioned, are the team members themselves, because some of them, you may be a great expert, build a great expertise, very valuable worldwide, and you happen to live in, in Sydney or in one of these beautiful places, and you are not willing to relocate. If there is an exciting project uh, where you could deliver, you would prefer to stay home and still work on this opportunity. And if if the distance is not a problem, if the manager can unite his team despite the distance, then you could stay there and deliver. So being able to, to build virtual power teams, um, the, the team members benefit greatly. They could keep their flexibility and work wherever they like, even uh, keep their home location or um, relocate but work from a beautiful cafe or on the beach and so on. So um, the flexibility there is, uh, is um, you know, given. Then the second group that benefits is uh, the manager of the team because he has access to the best experts on the world in his particular field, being, for example, customer services, and take the most kind of customer-friendly uh, and, uh, and um, powerful um, individuals and unite them in a team. So you have a, a big reach provided that you have uh, the ability to unite them. And then the third is uh, the organization or the enterprise because they could – scale up and down as needed and, you know, enter new markets or get pockets of expertise worldwide and and, uh, then, and get outstanding results. So, yes, I think um, it is quite beneficial and maybe this explains why the trend is there and why more people work virtually. Apparently, to, to, to sustain the trend, they deliver results. And I, I kind of bet my pledge is that applying the 10 big rocks, applying the principles of my system, you could improve the performance even exponentially after some point of time. So really uh, get the people go the extra mile and deliver outstanding results, regardless of the fact that they, they are, you know, don't see each other every day. Right. If you want great people and those great people aren't close enough to drive into work every day, uh, in many industries, especially in the world of customer service, there is a great answer, and that is virtual power teams. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, I'm going to ask you to give us some examples of how virtual power teams can drive an amazing and top uh, outstanding customer experience. Don't go away, everybody. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio. We're talking with Peter Evenoff, the author of Virtual Power Team. We'll be Chef right Hiking back. here. How would you like customer service training anytime you want it or need it, day or night? Well, with Shepherd Virtual Training, you will have world-class customer service training at your fingertips online 24-7, 365 days a year. Just go to www.shepondemand.com. Once again, that's shepondemand.com. And remember, always be amazing. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Peter Ivanov, 
author of Virtual Power Teams. And, by the way, the book is available, even though Peter's all the way over in Germany. The book is available on Amazon.com. We went and checked, uh, and guess what? It looks like they were sold out, but Peter has assured me that the books are on the way. And, by the way, books uh, that are they are basically available with, is what you're saying, Peter. And I think it's a great problem when Amazon has a stock of books, and then all of a sudden it says, out of stock, and then two days later they're back in stock, and then they're out of stock. That means the book's moving. So congratulations on the new book. And uh, for those that are interested in the concept of virtual power teams, which is what we're talking about today, uh, by golly, go to Amazon.com and get the book. So the question, uh, I want to know, give us some examples of what, you know, how virtual power teams are driving top customer experiences. Right. So um, as I mentioned, you have virtual power teams in the customer services industry throughout. Being, you know, a big corporate, having a, a large, uh, you know, customer service center serving the globe to a more medium or small customers. For example, I was working on a project. I was project manager of a project which we have to establish a global shared services. Uh, and I was running the European. Uh, it was a global program, and I was running the European project. So we had to transfer 20 countries of Europe from local services management to a global shared services center. And it was a two-year project, and it was, uh, you know, you had some um, redundancy to be made, a new organization, relocate people to Malaysia, and so on. It was quite complex. So we had two years to finish everything, including the people part, including the financial part, including the legal part. And um, this particular project, uh, we managed to deliver three months earlier, in Europe, also, you have a workers' council. It's much more, you know, it's uh, probably for the American audience is irrelevant, but in order to do the organization, your hands are, um, are tight, and you have to, you know, make everything with the unions and the local and so on. But we managed to manage this, uh, to finish and complete this uh, program with 20 countries three months early and save 250,000 euros, applying the principles of virtual power teams. So it works in the project environment. I can tell you more, you know, what did we do in order to deliver this. But in a project environment, when you have to have to transfer customer service from one way of organization to a completely new way with new suppliers, new location, it works. Um, the other thing which uh, comes across is uh, sometimes um, you have, Outsourcing, for example, um, it's been a trend, you know, a few years back, and still some people run major outsourcing to India, China, Malaysia, and so on. So there, when you have part of your organization outsourced, you work with a partner, and normally, you know, you do um, big contracts. Uh, you have, you know, thick contracts, hundred plus pages. You you pay a, you know, a hefty. Uh, lawyer fee. Uh, now, question is how to make it work. And really, I I bet that you know you can make virtual power teams across organizational boundary. You could have one part of the organization, the management in one organization, and then the delivery arm, the customer services arm in the other organization, and still make a people to people strong unity and still deliver on the purpose of uh, the team. And the other example is, um, for example, some people work there, um, they establish their internal um, shared services, recently worked right. with financial shared services. So that was a team when you have, you know, the, the chief, um, the finance director sitting in one location and working with a, a couple of um, 
a different uh, a team, distributed team with uh, people in different locations and delivering this uh, shared service to like that was 37 uh, locations in Europe uh, in, in uh, 20 plus countries. So this is also the same principle apply. Um, for sure, you have to tweak it if you have like external partner or these are internal people, but it works. And one exciting example, maybe to mention, <clears throat> I work with, a, with the American uh, entrepreneur based in New York, and he runs MOOCs. I mean, probably for your audience, MOOC is familiar. MOOC stands for Massive Open Online Course. So you have, MOOC. in his case, he had like 35,000 students subscribe to his course, which wow. was for modern architecture. And uh, he was uh, teaching them over the course of the six weeks not, uh, you know, uh, he, they were doing projects. And the project was to build a resilient school for Philippines. The story was that after the tsunami in, Fili in the Philippines, which destroyed the infrastructure, the local government wanted to build the new schools, which are so robust and resilient, when the next tsunami comes or other natural disaster, they will survive. So in case of disaster, people go there, in the normal case, these are schools for uh, right. young uh, kids. So for safety so, and, and he, for education. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. So safety was in the disaster case. And he was a Harvard School of Design graduate, and uh, he, he knew how to do this. And he was teaching his, uh, you know, uh, best practice and uh, teaching those 35,000 students how to do that. And in the... In order to complete the MOOC, they have to build every one of them to deliver a project uh, with a design of this school. And his problem was that uh, people stayed, he was collecting his fee in the end of the course, in the end of the six weeks, when people uh, successfully delivered their projects, get a certificate and pay their fee. But it happened that after the five weeks, Five weeks down the road, he has, he's having 35,000 students, and then people start to drop out. And by the end, he had like 3,000 left, which complete the course and get the certificate and pay. And he wanted to improve this dropout rate. And what we did, we applied some of the principles of the virtual power teams. We broke down the people, the 35,000, in a group of five. Not that we did the list, but we asked them to self-organize in a group of five. And then for these five, they presented themselves in a video because you have majority of them was from South Asia and South America, but you also have North Americans, you have uh, Europeans, East and West and so on. It was a global group, but like the big was from the BRIC countries. <coughs> and when they gathered on an on a online conference, um, they presented themselves with a lifeline. That's my first big rock personality in focus. So to get intimate in a short format. And one of the ways to do it is people to present their lifeline. What are the moments they are most proud of? And what are the moments they most struggle with? But nevertheless manage to overcome. And this is, and these is are personal five, things? These are personal things people are sharing? It's a combination. Sometimes I do it into personal lifeline and professional lifeline okay. on one chart. Mm -hmm. So one is from personal perspective, the other is their achievement as professionals and, and experts. And if people present themselves from this perspective and somebody is moderating and ask a few questions, you know, it, it, it has an amazing effect because every one of us has um, overcome a significant difficulty so far and has some moments of excellence and triumph which should amaze the rest. So like five to ten minutes per person, you know what makes the heart of each and every one think. People may bring also some picture with, that they laugh or find funny. Some bring pets like cats and dogs and kids and so on. So 
in five to ten minutes, you know, what makes the hard decision everyone think. And not just you as a manager, because you, during the interview process, you may have such more intimate format, but every one of this team, you now in his case of the MOOC, every one of these five knew that. So that was the first thing, which was very easy, but has a profound impact to kind of uh, establish some personal, person-to-person relationships. Right. And this team, this team of five had to deliver one project, not five individual, but one project for one resilient school. And we established, as a second, we, we did the, uh, we established the strengths of each and every one of them. So in a peer coaching format, I give them a six questions, very simple, you know, what is your biggest success, what is easy and gives you fun at work, what people come to you and ask you for help, if you ask your best friend, what is your biggest strength, what would he say? So six questions like this, they would ask each other in a peer, in a, in a in pair, and then they distill their number one strength, what is their natural strength on talent, and just from their perspective, and the one who was asking question gave them an external view. So all of a sudden, everyone had like two strengths, and we put them in a strength matrix. So they're not just individuals, but experts in particular field. And then they Based on the strengths, they agreed, they split the role of the team and they say, you know, who is doing what in this project? Uh, this group of five, they, based on the strengths, make the best decision who will take which part. And then in the end, after the, five, the fifth week was gone, people didn't want to leave. Although they had to pay, they didn't want to let their <laughs> teammates down. So with this That's simple good. interventions, you know, we achieved a, a quite a good result financially and also in terms of quality of this design. Right. So I want to make sure I understand there. By the way, if you would do us a great favor and email me the six questions that are typically asked in this uh, interaction uh, where everybody gives their professional lifeline, I would love to include that in our notes uh, on the website for Amazing Business Radio because I think those are important. And I, I know as people are driving or walking or jogging or listening to this show, I want to make sure that they have uh, some important takeaways. So here's what I'm hearing from you, and then we're going to take a short break and come back and wrap it all up. What I'm hearing is that, you, you know, and I, I believe that technology has allowed this to happen, that 10 or 15 years ago, what we're talking about today was very difficult to do. Sure, somebody could be far away and they might phone in, it might be a conference call, but today with technology, you can, you know, you can probably, you know, you can Skype, you can Zoom, you can, you can conference in via video so you can see people's faces, and I think it's a pretty powerful powerful thing to do anyway virtual teams uh could be very very strong depending on the type of business you're in especially for the whole concept of customer service it's easy because the customer doesn't even know if they're calling st louis missouri where i live hamburg where you live philippines malaysia south america hawaii it doesn't matter uh if people are getting the job done so we're going to take a short break when we come back we're going to wrap it up uh i am going to push you for something i'm going to make it like the lightning round you have your 10 okay. key success factors for retaining the gravity of, you know, despite the geographical distance and cultural differences. And I'm going to have you fly through those one at a time. Boom, boom, boom. Lots of content okay. coming up on Amazing Business Radio. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Want to amaze your customers, impress the people you work with, and outshine your competition? Going from average to amazing isn't an out-of-reach goal. In fact, amazement is a habit that anyone can master. In my latest book, Be Amazing or Go Home, I share the secrets behind my mantra, which is to always be amazing. 
Drawing on the routines of incredible people, I share simple practices that can elevate your game. Once you master those habits, you'll be able to create trust, build stronger relationships, make sales, advance your career, and much more. Now is the time to step out of ordinary and step into being amazing. Be Amazing or Go Home is now available on Amazon.com in ebook and hardcover. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Peter Ivanoff, the author of Virtual Power Teams. Peter, I know you have the 10 key success factors, that's what you call them, for retaining the gravity, and these are your words, the gravity of the relationship and the work despite the geographical distance and sometimes cultural differences. This is like the lightning round. We're going to go fast. Ready, set, go. <laughs> okay. So the first, <laughs> the first one, I call them the 10 big rocks. These are, you know, the 10 key success factors. Mm-hmm. The, 10 the big first rocks. big rock is, yes, the first one is personality in focus. So here we focus really on the, on the people, on their natural uh, talents. I'll be quick. Second one is strengths matrix. We capture their natural strengths and talents with these six questions that I mentioned. Right. Yeah, we already talked Third about that. That's great. Is, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Third one is interdependent goals. And as you said, technology enables. Now you could see people, you have a variety of options. You have to set the goals in a particular way. So it's a bottom-up format. You know, the bigger the team, the less aware is the manager of the problems in the team. So I have a format that people will, will distill the top three hottest issues and will convert them into the smart goals and then will convert them into the roadmaps. And then instead of delegating, people will voluntarily pick from these uh, milestones on the roadmaps based on their strengths. And everyone on the team, uh, if you have a really huge team, you will have some uh, structure, but on the leadership team will have his or her strategic goal. So, and they will be interdependent like a tooth wheel. So it's a process behind goal setting, but it works as long as everyone has a team as a goal and it's a bottom up way to, to, to get those. Mm-hmm. So this is like, this is like the head, the first three big rocks. You know, I say this is like the human body. This is the head. The second part about structured communication is like muscles and, and skeleton. And here comes the big rock number four. It is structured communications. Uh, uh, it is uh, forms and agenda, I call it. Uh, because if you have um, um, often managers, they call a meeting if there is a problem. Or in the communication terms to be a problem-centric or management, manager-centric. So I do it, structure it in such a way that everyone is having a slot and you have it on a regular basis so people can really share, and everyone is having a slot to share his personal and professional updates. Then big rock number five is knowledge management, a particular way through knowledge champions, uh, which is linked to the strengths again. We manage the knowledge. Number uh, six is regular feedback, sometimes scarce commodity. Sometimes, you know, the boss calls if there is a problem. We make sure regular feedback one-on-one happens uh, regularly. And then this was like the, the skeleton and muscles about structured communication. And the third one, my favorite, is the heart of this human being. Here we have the last four, which is big rock number seven is recognition. Um, and it is another scarce commodity in a virtual world. So how do we recognize and praise? By the way, I have five daughters at home. And same principle apply in terms of recognition. Five praise, daughters. Praise, praise. <laughs> yes. One wife, five daughters. But the secret is really praising from your heart, but as much as you can. If there are results, praise it. If no results yet, but there is a behavior that supports the family or the team, praise the behavior. So number seven is 
Seven is recognition, various ways to recognize progress. In the virtual, you have ways to send email, copy, and so on, record sessions, share. Number eight, diversity. How to turn the diversity? Normally, big virtual teams come with uh, very different cultures. How to turn it from a risk into a, an advantage? Number nine is winning spirit. How to establish a winning spirit despite the distance? And on this project that I mentioned with the 20 countries that we finished three uh, months earlier, Six months down the road, I went to the project board and said, if we finish three months earlier, we go all 30 people involved in the project for two days to Tenerife, Canary Islands. And the nice. calculation was... <laughs> Very no? nice. You hear me? Yes. yes. So the calculation was, we finished with the time or... Oh, us? No, keep going. I said nice. I mean, I love it. Yes. We're taking them to okay. Canary Islands. Yes. So That's a cultural was, diversity misunderstanding. Was, <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. People cost was 1 million euro. Um, if we finish, um, only we say 250, and with the 50 of them, we go free uh, 30 people to Tenerife. So, um, uh, and we made it. We made it, people, really. We have a boarding with a island and a palm tree, and it worked in the end. So that was number nine, next generation leaders. So this is how do you involve your leaders. Uh, into your agenda, into these interdependent goals. So these are the 10 big rocks in a very, very short preview. And what was number 10 again? I want to make sure I understand it. 10 is next generation leaders. Oh, so how generation. do you work with your young talent? Uh, so in this interdependent goals, we would involve from the leadership team the three or four for each of your strategic goals, three or four young talents, and uh, get them into the play uh, also from different locations. Well, you know, and I think it's important. You're always growing your organization, and you're always growing leaders. I think part of the responsibility for every good leader is to create leadership within everybody. Find out what somebody's great at, passionate at, let them grow. So a couple of points. Number one, I want to mm -hmm. just recognize number six and seven. Uh, I think that's very okay. important, especially the virtual teams, in order to feel as if they're a part of it all. I mean, a lot of what you've talked about here in the top ten list, uh, your big rocks, are about, you know, bringing people together, common purpose, your interdependent goals, your, you know, uh, Anyway, but I want to mention regular feedback ongoing. When people are away, they probably need a little bit more feedback than if they're right in front of you and can sense and feel from you, you know, and have interactions with you on a regular basis. And the recognition, the positive recognition that's out there, so important to do on a regular basis to let people know because they, uh, you know, if somebody's in a virtual team and they're not with another group but they're actually on their own, they're isolated, and the, the, what we're talking about is 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 breaking down the, the the isolation barrier, if you will. So, uh, love what you're talking about. All right, final question. We're just about out of time, and again, before we jump into the number one, you know, what I call the one thing question, uh, the last question we have here, I want to emphasize the name of the book is called Virtual Power Teams. If you've been listening and are enjoying what you're hearing today, go to Amazon.com. Pick up the book by Peter Ivanoff. All right. Uh, and by the way, you spell Ivanoff uh, not with an E, I learned, uh, but with an I. I-V-A-N-O-V. I-V-A-N-O-V. Right. But in Bulgaria and Germany, it's pronounced Ivanoff, even though here in the U.S., we say Ivanoff. All right. That's the right. final <laughs> question, Peter. Um, 
I always call it the one thing question, the one thing you want people to remember, or it can be something you want to emphasize or something new. But what last one piece of advice for building uh, building out virtual power teams would you share with this audience today? Yes, the one thing, and number one is personality in focus. Make sure you know you get to know your team members, and everyone gets to know everyone as a person, as an individual. Lifeline is a great format to do that. Um, and then again, the strength matrix is again back to the individual. People are, you know, they're like stars. Uh, if you put some time to discover their strengths and individuals, it will pay back, and it will start creating. And then in your communication again, when you structure it, make sure in your communication, in your everyone has like two minutes for a personal update. Again, include this personality in focus business. This will, you know, keep the gravity and you will be amazed by the results. Well, Peter, thanks for joining us from all the way over in Germany. We have guests from all over the world and we have listeners from all over the world. I hope everybody's enjoyed this great episode of Amazing Business Radio. We'll have another one next week. So until then, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.